JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in. It is a busy Thursday for you. A lot of things to hit. If you were privy to the show yesterday, maybe you double back and checked out the podcast from yesterday. But a lot of you were asking a little bit of college football input. So you wanted me to go Boilermaker-wise. I did that yesterday with really both football and basketball. Uh, And then in turn, we shall do that with IU coming up in the four o'clock hour. We will double down on both, both football and basketball. And Jeff Rabjohns, pigs.com is going to slide in here in the four o'clock hour to explain. I know he's been traveling around watching AAU tournaments and and those points of interest player-wise that IU has been on as far as basketball is concerned, and then everything that we need to know about the preparation for the football season, because sooner rather than later, it is going to be here. And a lot of you are getting a little, little antsy about getting it started. I don't blame you. I mean, think about it. How many of your kids go back to school next week? I've long since given up the every time I open up my mouth about this, oh... Oh, woe is me. I think I lived nostalgic enough, and I'll probably hit a little bit of nostalgia before even the end of this first segment. Yeah, that said, the whole moaning and groaning time has come and it's gone, but I do know that a lot of your kids are going back as early as next week, and what that does is that gets you a little bit antsy, a little bit juiced, a little bit primed for some football conversation because once that's underway obviously Colts camp and you know we discussed this yesterday I'm sure we'll dive back into this coming up a little bit later on as far as how popular this camp is going to be already have some sold out affairs I mean hell I'm going to be up there twice I got to thank them for a couple of night practices thus I can get up there during the week 
and be able to take part and talk to some folks and have a little fun up there as well. But this is going to be the most popular training camp that we have ever witnessed around here. Now, again, you can check out how times certainly have changed. There's no doubt about that. But you're going to say, wait, wait a minute, Manning, Mr. Manning era guy. You remember that? Yes, I am Mr. Manning era guy. I never want to catch anybody besperching that whatsoever. Well, they should have won more. Had to win more. That's disappointing. Nothing disappointed about that. If you're disappointed in that, then you need to go someplace else. Seriously, just go. That said, this camp is going to be more exciting than that, which is going to be even more exciting than the luck camp. Well, wait a minute. How is that going to be? Because there is such an incredible unknown. And you combine that incredible unknown with the highest level of expectations being picked number four overall. And again, with expectations, what everybody around here believes, I think most believe, will be that evolution, that transition into. I mean, everybody wants to get a look at this now. Everybody wants to cast their own judgment about what they believe, you know, where he is. And it's going to be every single pass, everything. And this is going to go either all year long. And hopefully neither one of these situations are the case. But all year long, unless there's an injury. And I don't even want to discuss such a level of ineffectiveness where you feel the need to go to Gardner Minshew. You guys don't want that. I don't want that. Nobody wants that. Unless you want to laugh at this, then you want that. But you don't want that. You don't. I don't. Yes, it would spark some incredible conversation, but I don't even want to go down that path of conversation. I don't want to go down the path of conversation if the Colts feel it necessary to... Again, quote, protect their inexperienced rookie quarterback at the beginning of the season. Is the lounge up over there, James? Because Damon Dobbs says it's not. And he's as close to the chairman of the board inside the lounge via YouTube Live as you can get. And I'm sorry, all due respect to Lick and Gritty and everybody else there. Are we having a major malfunction? Are we having a technical issue? Or is that something Damon may check right there? It's working on my end. All right. Hey, man. Damon, it's on our end, it looks grand. Of course, I haven't even fired my end up yet, so my end is still in wait. <laughs> but you look back at this camp, this is going to be the most highly anticipated and the most popular. Because you're dealing with something that well, basically, you haven't seen with an incredibly high level of expectations. I mean, let's face it, with Manning, you kind of felt what you thought you were going to get. And even more so with luck, it was a foregone conclusion. You know, this guy at the time was ready made, and that was that. But this is everybody's going to have an opinion. And everybody's going to have an opinion on every single play. And that's why you see these tickets going and going fast because people want to get up there. People want to check this out. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I know it's still the NFL, and I know there are a ton of Colts fans around here, but this is certainly surrounding the quarterback. Can't wait to get a look-see. I mean, you've watched him dunk because James out there in the hallway is playing pickup and caught him dunking on the break. 
So you've seen that, but you want to see him pass. You want to see him pass, you know, if it's against his own, if it's in drills, whatever, you want to see it. So to me, it makes no mistake. This is the the most interesting, the most highly anticipated camp that we have ever seen. And I'll ask Mike Chappell that because Mike Chappell has been at every camp that has ever been seen around here. Going back to 1984, Mike's going to join us actually hopping on board in the 5 o'clock hour, CBS 4 and Fox 59. So we'll discuss that and a lot more. Now, let me you're, you're listening to a guy right now. I think I've made myself perfectly clear regarding this. I am clear to the point to where I don't give a crap about clothes. I don't. I don't really care about what I wear. I want to be comfortable. I want to be relaxed. I don't want to feel all bound up. I don't want there ever to be a chance for chafing or anything like that. So, I, yeah, listen, I buy I buy V-necks from Dollar General Store, and I'm happy to. All right? I dress casually, ultra casually and comfortably. Thus, for me to go ahead and say, now I know we're talking about something different than just your casual active wear, but for me to judge clothing, like I give you a great example, last week, the, the fashionistas around here, I had no idea so many fashionistas, you know, listened and followed me on Twitter, listened to the show, you follow me on Twitter, because, I mean, you were like stinking Ralph Lauren, Coming out of the woodwork saying, I can't believe Miles has that on on the sideline. I can't believe. Why is he wearing that? A real basketball player doesn't wear that. (laughs) Okay. Take it easy there, Calvin Klein. And he's on the sideline with his teammates supporting the summer league crew. So I, I didn't really, I guess, realize. I didn't realize that I had the fashion control that, listen to this show so i'll speak to you right now now granted as i mentioned again i'm very nostalgic and in terms of uniforms you know the uniforms that i like i dig the older school uniforms a tip of the cap of nostalgia i'll always start right there the cream sickle it should be full time what they're doing in seattle this year with that throwback full time and I know Bengals fans may disagree, but the block lettering Bengals with the orange helmet is still better than the stripes. It is still better than the stripes. I mean, these are just opinions on logos, opinion on on uh, on uniforms and such. So yeah, I always I always tip the cap. I'll always lean for nostalgia. But it's funny. So the Colts came out with their alternative uniforms today and they roll out the uh the black helmets they roll out the blue uniforms and man everybody's asking hey what's your opinion on this what do you think and honestly i wish i had more i had a little bit more teeth in this take right here i need a little bit more teeth in it i i don't really care i i don't i don't really care I mean, if they want to put the old school horseshoe on the back for a game, that's cool. 
If they want to stay the same, that's cool. If you want to go to a gray face mask or a white face mask or a blue face mask, whatever you want to do, you can do it. So, like, to me, I thought, okay, for one game, that sounds cool. It looks all right to me. And, again, I'm not not the audience that they're looking to appeal to. They are looking for the younger generation, and they're believing that you guys are going to run out there, buy some replica jerseys. Maybe get a helmet or two. But I saw nothing wrong with it today. But, man, it's funny. You get one side or the other. It's almost like I feel bad because I don't have a take with teeth in it right now. Because I get stuff like hammer and rail saying hideous. (laughs) Hideous? The ones that I like are hideous. Honestly, deep down inside, deep down inside, the Buccaneer creamsicle, that's hideous. But it's nostalgically hideous. I'll take it. We'll take it. So I don't know about hideous. I mean, seriously, the creamsicle, it is it is 1970s. And, I, and it appeals to those of us that remember. And again, longingly look back at that decade and want to celebrate it. I wouldn't mind to have a bed, a round bed that went in a circle with a mirror on the ceiling or or some kind of pothole that is bright orange for a bathtub or multi-levels. I kind of dug that of the 1970s. The active wear was really odd too, but that gave birth to the mid-70s Tampa Bay Buccaneers in what I think is the greatest football uniform of all time. But make no mistake, it's hideous. By most standards, it is. We just love it because a lot of you are like me and you also dig on nostalgia. So nothing really hideous about it. You know, there's nothing really that knocks my socks off and go, oh man, that's the greatest thing ever. You got to do this more than just now. And I've said this before regarding Pacer uniform changes or the city uniforms. You know, normally there's one thing or the other. Either it's really bad or you really like it. But it just doesn't really make that big of a difference to me. Especially the amount of times in this case, what's once in October in which they're going to wear them. I know this is lame of me to say it. I really hesitate. I shouldn't because I've got such a lame-o take on this in the first place. But I shouldn't back it up with lame the sequel here by saying, you know, I'm more worried about how this team looks than it is what uniforms they're wearing. That's lame. I'm not even going to say it. I withdraw. But I just I looked at it today and I thought, yeah, you know what? If you're going to do a change of pace, go ahead and do a change of pace. That's fine. Because that's what we expect today. That's what we all expect today. And that's what you got. But to get in some knockdown, drag out debate in social media about how bad they are, how about great they are, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't force myself to do it. I think that they are fine, but most days that's not enough. I think they're fine. Okay, so a lot of people have given me this. What would you do if they wore them full time? I don't know. That's a good question, but they're not. They're going to wear them once, at least as of right now. 
Honestly, here's what I would do because I'm superstitious as hell. Um, we will chart the game in which they rock those, and if it's a really good game, then yeah, maybe bring that back more frequently. If it's a really bad game, maybe shelve them for good. That's what I can get down with, the superstitious aspect of it. But as far as what looks good and what doesn't, I'm just going to have to go ahead and defer to a lot of you that clearly have told me in the past couple of weeks via my Twitter account that you really, truly know what fashion is. Because as I've explained to you in the past, I don't. So I will defer to you today. And you can tell me. You can tell me what's wrong with it. Yeah, the black helmet, you know, it gets kind of mixed up and everybody's got this and it looks like, oh, this is professional wrestling and what I all defer to you because I have zero fashion sense. If you're going to ask me whether or not I hope that those uniforms are comfortable, that's my world. That's my world. That's what I would ask. I would ask Anthony Richardson, hey, you know what? These look really good, but how comfortable are they? Do you feel good? Got a lot of of room to move in there? That's what matters. That's what matters to me. But again, I will leave that incredible opinion, and you can justify it either side up to you. And then you can let me know. I just want to make sure that they're comfortable. Because that's how I live. But I had no idea the fashionistas in which followed this show. More power to you. (laughs) Maybe I should try to raise the bar. Where's my genera? Right now, it's just the question is, where's my generic? Where's my genera? Anyway, we can hear that for you guys like. I don't think it's the biggest of deals whatsoever, but again, when you're in July and you announce this, oh, I know, I know they used a lyric from a Tom Petty song that mentioned Indiana. Why does Indiana always do that? It makes sense. Who cares? (laughs) Who cares? Shout out to Tom Petty right there. It was a well-thought-out video. But, yeah, as far as the uniforms are concerned, I don't know about you, but I've heard from most of you, by the way. But as far as I'm concerned, you wear it once and then just kind of gauge how you do in that game. And if you do really well, let's see it a lot more. And if you don't, don't have to see it again. That's how I'd look at it. So, Colts fans, if you want to chime in on that, the popularity that we have not seen ever of training camp and the new nighttime uniforms, the black helmets, blue uniforms, and give me your incredibly solidified fashion sense on that. And I'll await your input. How about that? Yesterday, and see, this is why I don't cry. This is why I celebrate. So yesterday, in the midst of how many, they lose six in a row. I forgot now because it was here yesterday when we were talking about the Reds. And, oh, JMV, what was you? Your team is going down the tubes. We all knew that. The Reds stink. 
Um, and I say, hold on a minute. It's okay because I had June to look back on. I looked at June and I'll celebrate it because it was fun as hell. And you know what? With that attitude, with that attitude, you saw what happened last night. Then you saw what happened in the businessman's special that started at 1235 this afternoon at Great American Ballpark. You saw what happened today. The Reds now bounce back. They've won two consecutive, both over the Giants. They start a weekend set with the Arizona Diamondbacks, another tough team coming up this weekend. You got to soak it up. We talked about this before the All-Star break. We knew that this path was going to be difficult. And it certainly has been. Uh, The play of the game was at L.A. De La Cruz throwing out, what's his name, Willem Flores, the first baseman of the Giants, uh, with a a 99-and-a-half-mile-an-hour throw from short left center field on a relay home to gun down Flores at the plate. And while that was an amazing throw, there's no doubt about that. And De La Cruz comes up with something so many games, especially defensively, too. But I do want to give a tip of the cap here. I want to give a shout-out to the third base coach of the Giants that decided to roll the dice and wave around to score against De La Cruz, a man that was rounding the bases, rounding third with a piano on his back. You guys watch, you guys watch that. And I don't know. I, I was hoping that, that Flores like ran through a stop sign or something. Because you could tell... Uh, he was huffing and puffing between basically shortstop and third base. He had zero chance. I don't know if he'd have gotten there if it had been even somebody else, but he had no chance because if you watch that relay throw, which it was an amazing play, and De La Cruz is doing it all the time, but if you watch the play itself, it was actually thrown to the first base side of the plate. So... You know, you had time to go ahead and get that back over and still make an ample tag and record that out at the plate. But sending that dude was pretty funny right there. Because he was like, he was getting ready to hit third and he was huffing and puffing. That's outstanding. So I like that J-Law too. Hopefully George Costanza didn't design the new Colts uniforms. Didn't he go with the Yankee uniforms? Cotton? Because it was a breathable fabric. And then when they washed them all, they all shrunk up. Yeah, uniform talk's good. I love nostalgic uniform talk. Uh, it's the uh, this era of uniform talk that sometimes I don't get down with. Uh, JMV, compared to what some of these other NFL teams do with alternates, the Colts alternates look good. They look a little high schoolish, but that may be the point. Hey, listen, John, got news for you. That's absolutely the point. And the point being, and this is something I think at some point we all have to understand of, of my generation, those that are in and around my generation, is that so much of this is going to be pointed for a generation behind or even a generation behind the generation behind us. I don't even know what that is. I didn't know what it is. But even the generation after that, like we are the ones, we we have to, that's why we remain nostalgic. 
because a lot of this stuff, a lot of these ideas that they come up with now, and I'm not just talking about in terms of uniforms, but I mean, if you're listening to the radio or if you're watching TV, a lot of these ideas that they pop now don't necessarily have the crusty 53-year-old dude from Greene County in mind. I get it. I do. I understand that. That's why I I provide entertainment. I try to provide entertainment for everybody, but on Saturdays, I provide entertainment that's going to bring in everybody to celebrate the era in which I love the most. So, you do. It's not kicking and screaming or holding on. It is having fun. Because when we went through this at this particular age, it was more difficult for us to grasp or be a part of because it just wasn't easy access. In fact, there was zero access for the most part. Now, I mean, everything's such easy access. Why not? It's funny. I, I say this in terms of music. People ask me all the time, what do you think? What do you think 80 songs are still so incredibly popular? I give you a great idea. And next door, they did a survey, and it came back, and, and people that listen to B love the 80s, love 80s music. And it's not just the generation of which I'm a part of, it's younger generations, too. And when they ask me, why do people love the 80s music so much? And I tell them, because they've grown up on it. Well, wait a minute, they're not children like we were of the 80s. No, they've grown up on it because it's been easily accessible. I've told this story before when my daughter, Lainey, was in the second grade, maybe first grade. Uh, the teacher asked her favorite artist, her favorite musician. Now, Lainey's answer was Howard Jones. Of course, nobody else in the class knew who Howard Jones was except for the teacher. Now, Lainey liked Howard Jones because Lainey rolled around with me everywhere. And what did her dad listen to? Howard Jones and the 80s. Easily accessible. It's amazing now how hard you had to work to get certain aspects of entertainment then compared to now is incredible. Sometimes you wonder, sometimes you wonder if it's all for the best, but when it works out, it is fairly enjoyable. No doubt. Uh, we can hit all that and more if you guys like at 239-1070. Email address is jmv at 1075thefan.com. Uh, John Buzzard said, I need some marital advice. I've been enjoying rooting for my wife's favorite team, the Reds, despite being a Cubs fan. Does that mean I'm a sellout or can I continue cheering for a rival because she's a lot happier when they win? I'll hang up and listen. John, that's a hell of a question you ask right there. I'm in a similar situation, and here's why. Because Tucker Barnhart is a good friend. Tucker Barnhart is a friend of this show, and he is a Cubs catcher. If Tucker Barnhart were not on the Cubs team, I would think that they all suck. But because Tucker is a part of that team, I am not going to go that deep on it. Because I want to see him have success. My favorite team is still the Reds, but I like him. See, it's it's different when you know and like somebody like that. And again, I'm making this comparison, John, for you because that's your wife. 
And you know all the taglines after that. All right, things are much better when your wife, as a Reds fan, is happy. So, yeah, I mean, I think you can celebrate that. I think you can celebrate that for your own best needs. I don't think you owe anybody else an explanation. I think you're fine. Because, again, I do kind of the same thing for Tucker and the Cubs. Otherwise, I think it's funny when the Cubs lose. I think it's hilarious when the Cardinals lose. But I get where you're coming from on that. So that's that's my advice right there. I think you are okay with that in mind. All right, let me take a break and we'll come back. Maybe some inbound inclement weather. You guys are asking if this is going to be jacket off weather. This is going to be out of some of the broadcast windows. I'll be honest with you. I don't know any longer what a broadcast window is around here. You want to know why? Because all I get is Channel 13 and Channel 6. <laughs> I don't even get the channel in which I appear on every Sunday night. How about that? How many times has that ever happened? I'm on 59 every Sunday night with Hagen. I don't even get it. Hey, what'd you think, man? I really liked it. Did you like your segment? Yeah, I have no idea. Somebody's going to have to tell me. I'm just assuming that, for example, 328's outside the normal broadcast window. So that could create some jacket-off weather potential. However, you also have to keep in mind that these meteorologists are preparing for their late afternoon, regularly scheduled newscasts. So they're probably already geared up. It's not like you kind of sit back and take your suit coat off and oh, here it comes at 8.15 at night and you're just going to stay in your button-down shirt and your suspenders like Brian Wilkes. This is a little bit different. So you may not get it, but yeah, the weather could be fairly severe. I'll keep you updated. Nobody is better at reading the dual Dopplers than me. I'll keep you updated with that. All right, 239-1070 is the number. Again, I mentioned the email address, jmvia1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you guys for being in there as always. The stream, the app, and HD radio, Jeff Rabjohns, 4 o'clock, IU football and hoops. Mike Chappell, 5 o'clock hour. And all you potential Calvin Kleins and Ralph Lawrence out there, you can tell me how everything is looking with the new unis. With the alternatives, let me know what I'm missing out on at 239-1070. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. The Sportos, Motorheads, Geeks, Sluts, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Uh, two decent questions here to start at JMV at 1075thefan.com. JMV, of all the guests you never had on, who's at the top of the list? That would be Hall of Famer and Kansas City Royals great George Brett. And I have tried every conceivable angle to land that. Uh, that for me is the white whale. It has never happened because I think at the top of the list... He doesn't give a blank to come on with me. <laughs> I don't blame him. Don't get me wrong. I don't blame him. I'm not mad about that. I don't think he cares to be on with me. But there is nobody, I need nobody 
outside of, I don't know, maybe a handful of dudes that grew up in and around Kansas City in the 80s that would have everything loaded up and ready to go. And I could do that right now. Right now. I've got two hours of content off the top of my head right now for that. So loaded. And I have tried, I've tried friends that I know that are acquaintances of him in Kansas City. Uh, one being um, Seren Petro, who's on the air in Kansas City, who's a friend of mine and others, and to no avail. George Brett. George Brett. I mean, I tried everything. I even tried everything back then. That's how I wanted to hit. He's a left-handed hitter. I was a boring right-handed hitter. I mean, boring because everybody's right-handed swing is so boring. Don't you think? These left-handed cuts that you take are just so majestic looking. And then I get up there and you get right-handed and you look like a rusted out gate. I mean, everything too. I, I actually read some things. From Charlie Lau, his hitting instructor, you know, back in the 70s and early 80s. Almost went to a baseball camp of his back in 19, I think it was 81. He tried to track down 400 for a batting average in 1980. Fell short, batted 390. I think had a hitting camp in Braggadocio, Missouri the year after. If you guys remember those little baseball books? They're like pocket size. This great bathroom baseball books. Little magazines, pocket size. They were orange. I think they were like baseball something or other. Like Will Carroll would know that. But it was in the very back page of one of those. And I've tried nearly everything. Thank you for asking. And again, and this is just for me. I know that you guys probably wouldn't have a great deal of interest. Other than, you know, listen to me go, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, but George Brett has been that. And I have come up empty. What is this now? A July of 23. So I started in November of 04 myself. So I'm approaching the 20th year. And I've tried a number of times through these 19 years. And have come up empty. Hey, JMV, what age do you think you'll be when you become a grandpa? Whoa. I got a lot of time before that needs to happen. That's I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you start with Blake right now, I'm thinking if he's got a similar mentality as mine, you want to make sure you have a hell of a lot of fun before you dive into the have-tos of life right there. So that's that's how I played it. I wanted to make sure the have-tos and the responsibilities occurred whenever I was ready for the have-tos and responsibilities. Hey, Jeff List, I'll be honest with you, brother. Oh, you're talking about, I'm sorry, you're talking about something different. Jeff says, for God's sake, get a blanking antenna. Literally takes 30 seconds to hook up. Uh-uh. Pay way to, uh, no, no, no. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying that's the way that it is. There's no complaints. And what Jeff is referring to is me not having one, two, three of the local channels. That is just the way it is. Some things will never change. That's just the way it is. Bruce Hornsby. But I will not. 
I don't care how much it is. I don't care how quickly that it's done. I will not go out and buy anything extra for something that should be there right now. So, but I'm not complaining about it. No complaints. I mean, none of this stuff is great. And that's why you got to have 19 different things hooked up to watch seemingly everything you need to watch or want to watch. But I refuse to do that. So, no. And that's on me. If you want to blame me, blame me. But I am not complaining. None. Zero. Uh, This is from Chip. So, JMV, I was a store manager of a Calvin Klein store and worked at Polo Ralph Lauren. Does that count? I'm indifferent to the uniforms beyond looking like Duke. I don't know if you want to put in, I mean, your, your colors with Duke are similar here. So I don't know if there's a way not to look like Duke. I don't know if there's a way that Duke doesn't look like the Colts. You know what I mean? Because those are the primaries. You know, when you throw black into it with blue like that, that's the first thing that's going to come to mind. See, I, I was not a manager at Calvin Klein nor Ralph Lauren. But I'm assuming just the the color spectrum and your primaries are playing a significant role as to how much versatility you have to mess with this. Just guessing. Thank you, Chip, for that. I had Ralph Lauren Polo on the green bottle. That was my very that was my first real cologne. That was the real man, you're paying how much for this cologne? That was the first one. I mean, before that, it was like Old Spice and Brute, Aqua Velva. That was my first. Whoa, wait a minute. That's expensive cologne. Squirt that on there, won't you? JMV, you're absolutely right about waving that guy around third against De La Cruz. He was almost going in reverse. It was classic. Reds win today. They've now won two straight. They get Arizona for a weekend set at Great American Ballpark. This is the longest homestand of the season for the Reds. Jeff, I can't do it, man. I can't. I don't care. I know it's all easy. People have told me it's easy. It's the principle. Thank you. Uh, Tom's going to start out today at 239-1070. Tom, jump on here. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of in your camp as far as the uniforms go. Mm-hmm. I don't lose a lot of sleep over it, but I'm also the same guy that's, that's wearing the comfortable clothes. But uh, no, we're, we're, we're one, one of the same, then. To, we're one of the yeah. same. Just give me a V-neck. Give me a V-neck from Dollar General Store, and I'll look fashionable and feel comfortable. That's what I'm looking there, for. There you go. So, uh nostalgia-wise, for me it was the 80s Astro Astros uniform. Oh yeah. And, and those those are, those are hideous. Uh, I mean, let's face it too. Yeah. We we they're, they're hideous. Those are hideous. But we yeah. love them. It's like the cream sickles. Those are hideous too, but we love them. The uh the George Brett thing, if I don't I, it may be a different player, but I'm almost positive that there's a Modern Family episode <laughs> where one of the characters uh, gets cornered by George Brett and initially uh, is just over the moon at getting a chance to talk to him. And then after a while, George Brett wants to go through like literally everything about his history. And so they, <laughs> I think it's George Brett. Well, but, I, yeah. I, I have heard from some that he can be a little bit cranky. Yeah. But that's okay. He can be cranky to yeah. me. I, listen, if I were George Brett and I had to come on with a clown and Indy, I'd be cranky to me too. So, 
It's just one of those things you want to look back and say, you know what? I've been trying to do this for 19 years, and this is it. So I hear you. I hear you. So uh, who was the sidewinder that played for the for the uh, Royals back in the eighties? The late Dan Quisenberry. Oh, Dan Quisenberry! I used to love that no, team. That was, was awesome. He was that a badass cool. closer for sure. So it, with respect to the uniforms, here's my my sort of completely off the wall take on this. I'd I'd love it. You remember the old XFL when they could put anything they wanted as far as the name on the back of the jersey, right? That that would be the, either that or something expanding on like the, what they do with the shoes. I wish they'd do something more with that because the uniforms are so boring otherwise, right? Yeah, I don't like. I, we'll we'll have to disagree on the whatever you want on the uniform stuff. <laughs> I don't need, well, I don't think we need that. But yeah, as as far as like, I I don't mind. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna do an alternative version of it, then to me, if it looks like Duke or if it looks like you know Franklin Community High School, whatever, it's good with me. So, yeah, no, I I, agree. I I wouldn't want to do anything, but like you know, within the like the name plate or the shoe, something something where you can still tell it's a uniform. Yeah. But yeah. Um, question for you, um, and this sort of ties into your Saturday thing. Um, what's your walk up song? Uh, as far as what do you mean? Like like what I have here when I start a show out with Allison Chains and Man in no, the Box? No, no, no. So so if you let's say that that in an alternative universe, you do actually make the NBA. Um, what to you would be a cool walk-up song? Oh, oh, okay. Well, it, it's weird because the way I, I view it is you hit the post. That's what you do in like like music radio. You hit the post, which means you know you walk up through um, up until the vocals start. Right, the, the music mm-hmm. starts, the song starts, and then you hit the post, which is when the vocals begin. That's that's the ultimate thrill for anybody that's ever loved being a DJ on the radio or anywhere. That's the ultimate thrill. So I guess I would kind of look at it like that. But I think my calling card, um, if you're going to talk about the decade of the 1980s, um, which is, I, I think, universally speaking, the uh, with a cult following, the most popular one-hit wonder of the 1980s is David and David, Welcome to the Boomtown. It would probably cool. be that. It's multi-layered cool. in the beginning. And it is just an outstandingly written and produced song that not a lot of people still know today. So it would probably be David and David, Welcome to the Boomtown. Or or it may be Genesis and Mama, which is also very long. But Genesis and Mama is a very good walk-up song for the 1980s for me. Would you mind me asking a sports-related question? Yes. <laughs> so I've been wanting to ask this question for a while, and I, I admit I'm an NFL guy, not an NBA guy. But when I listen to you talk about the Pacers, so um, I know basketball is more of a player-driven set of activities, but what is it that drives the ability to be good on defense beyond just player ability? Is there is well, other set plays? What are the, what are the things that are going to make the Pacers right. better on defense? That, that's Tom, I'm, I'm I'll answer that. Yeah. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate those questions. In, in a world in which, um, with the athleticism and the handles, and you know even some rules, that we know this, in every single sport, rules are there basically with a lean for the offense. The Pacers improve defensively if they can just casually stay in front of anybody on the perimeter. 
And I mean just casually. And that's why I say the word casually. Likely it's not going to occur. Because these guys are so good that you really can't stay in front of anybody. But there was such a high-level, Tom, a year ago, lack of resistance on the perimeter where guys just – what happens is when you get so loose and you count on, in this case, your rim protector, Miles, to challenge everything, then you leave wide open the weak side. And when somebody gets so free on the interior because there is little to no resistance – on the perimeter, then the world of offense just opens up for you. And these guys are so great, they can finish on their own. You got guys staked out for threes that are knocked down in both corners. If you go in and you miss, or let's just say you kick it out for an open three and it misses, then because Miles goes to challenge every single time, you're going to have somebody on the weak side gobble up a rebound for a putback. It just completely screws up everything. So just casually being able to stay in front of somebody on the perimeter is what the Pacers need to find. If that's Bruce Brown, then so be it. But it has to be somebody. And really, at some point, uh, Tyrese Halliburton is going to be in charge of being damn near that defensively too. He's going to have to be because he wasn't last year either. Even as good as he was, he wasn't that. You have to find more guys, have more guys like that. Not going to stop them. But at least a little bit of resistance is required in this. Or then it's way, way too easy. And that's why you saw a lot of 140, 135-point games that the Pacers gave up. Quick break. We'll come back. If you're on hold, I'll get to you. Top of the hour, Jeff Rabjohns, IU football, IU basketball, Mike Chapel, Colts, 5 o'clock hour, 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. James over there. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you got Snoop and Wiz Khalifa tonight, right? We're off Home Mortgage Music Center, so make sure you stay weather updated. If anything blows through here, we get a little jacket off potential. I'll let you know all about that. Uh, Jeff Rabjohn's top of the hour. My apologies. I was going to, I had every intention this morning of getting a hold of Bob Kravitz and bringing him on. He's got figured out his, his next venue where he's going to put up content. And I wanted to give him the opportunity to present that to you. So we'll see if James can track him down. And if he has time today, if not, maybe tomorrow as well. So my bad on that. I was going to do that earlier today and I got a little bit of sidetrack going. Uh, Jeff Rabjohn's top of the hour, IU football, IU hoops for the offseason. And Mike Chappell's coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. Marcellus is at 239-1070. Marcellus, my good friend, what's up? Okay. Cool. I got time, but... Hey, Marcellus, are you there? Marcellus, are you there? I'm okay doing nursery stuff. Hey, Marcellus, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, bro? Hey, <laughs> what we got hey, going on in the background hey, there? Hey, tell, tell me what's going down. Hey, man, you called me in the middle of uh, talking to a couple of people, man. You know, a little, yeah. doing a little bit. Well, I mean, it was time for me to call you, Marcellus. I understand. Time for me hey, to call man. you. <laughs> hey, man, I was just calling, man, a uh, couple of sports-related questions. Well, 
uh, on the uh, on the uniforms, man. Look, man, I'm like this. Um, we we had the most boring uniforms during the Manning era, and nobody cared. Right. <laughs> you know why? Because we were winning. Yeah, no doubt about it. Man, you know, when you start breaking out the uniforms and all this stuff, you know, that's when you know it's a bad sign, man. It's like, okay, we just – the interest, you're trying to you're trying to generate interest, and I dig it. But, you know, it's like just, just, just win – and these old school uniforms look great again. You, you think? Do you think though that it's um, more than a coincidence that they decided to go alternative with this one this year? Yeah, no, not a coincidence at all. You know, because you know we're, we're in trouble. You know, we're, we're looking. Uh, we're, four, we're two and fourteen last year. You know, so they're just trying to trying to gin up some some excitement, and I get that. You know, I understand that's the marketing side of it, but. The best way to get interest is to win, man, and it is what it is. <laughs> you know? I'm telling you, I mentioned this, Marcellus, a little bit earlier. This is going to be the most popular training camp we've ever seen around here just because oh, there's absolutely. so much of a mystery and unknown. It sure is. It sure is, man. And, and not with the outcome of the season. I think most people are have resigned to the fact that this season is not going to be good, but – the interest is the mystery of the quarterback, and you know everybody's got designs on their own opinion on what they see when they go out there. And this is going to make it the the most popular training camp we've ever seen here. Yeah, man, I hope uh, I'm hoping for the best, man. You know, I'm a Colts fan, and there it is. You know, uh, I, uh, along those lines, how how is the artist formerly known as Darius Leonard? Is he going to be out there? <laughs> well, he had a uh, uh, evidently had an Instagram video of him working out the other day, and that that certainly looked a lot better than how it sounded when Jim Irsay, and then going as far back as February, Chris Ballard with me described him. At that yeah. present time, so that wasn't that wasn't riding home like type of stuff about. But yeah, at least you saw him doing some things in that Instagram video a couple of days ago. Hey man, do you think Darius could play DB man, a corner? I don't. Do you think he could play corner? Yeah, I don't. I, I think that he's he's a a ball hawking linebacker all the way home. Yeah. And it, I, I think, and Marcellus, thanks for the call too, man. I got to hit top of the yeah. hour break. Yeah. I'll talk to you coming yeah. up on Saturday night. I, I think that if he loses, he loses speed, agility, and, you know, being able to do what he does, you know, create turnovers, ball hawk, that takes away just a mammoth amount of his game. Quick break. We'll come back with you and me, Jeff Rabjohns, your calls, Mike Chapel, five o'clock hour on 93.5107. Five, the fan. The Ride with JMV. My vision is to take this team as the first franchise to the Saturn Football League to play against eight-foot gargoyles that run 3-8 speed. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hour two, welcome back. James, the producer. I'm John, your host. Thank you for joining us. I've got to go out and shoot some videos at the State Fair tomorrow. What is the new, uh, the state fair is at the mint chocolate Girl Scout cookie milkshake? I'll be back in studio coming up tomorrow. Then we're going to fire up a lot of remotes. And basically from the end of July uh, until January, it is going to be heavy remoting going on which is always solid. This is from Ray and Andy JMV. You can tell Marcellus that the regular uniforms aren't boring. They are beautiful classics. 
P.S. I love the alternative ones, too. Yeah, I don't mind either one. You know what? Last night, so I turned on FS1 after the Reds game, and I saw Team USA playing the Netherlands. And this just, I think, magnifies the level of stupidity within me. <laughs> I, I had that on for 30 minutes before I realized that that wasn't live. It was from, I think, 2019. I go, wow, you know, I'm going to get up to date on the Women's World Cup here. And I thought I thought Team USA played Vietnam. I didn't know they played the Netherlands. It took me 30 minutes, and I went, oh, wait a minute. This is like from 2019. Seriously. That's pretty sad. Uh, it starts from Australia in unison, I think, later on this evening. I just don't know what the times are going to be, considering we're talking about Australia here. Reds this afternoon make it two consecutive over the San Francisco Giants. Weekend set with the surprisingly strong Arizona Diamondbacks in Cincinnati coming up this weekend. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. I hope everything is okay. He had tweeted out a little bit earlier that he was going to hold strong for the show, yet coming back from Las Vegas on a jet airliner, ended up with a cold. Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Jeff, are you okay? Are you good? We're, we're going we're gonna to try to get through this. We're going to try to get through this. You do? Got um, the, got yeah. the good industrial strength stuff. So, what, uh, I, I what, sound like Kermit the Frog right now. So what happened? When did you start? coming down with this cold uh, you know you know how it is out, out there in vegas you know it's, it's 110 degrees but in the gyms you got the air conditioning crank so you go from 110 to 68 110 to 68 <laughs> and it just you know it happens it ain't no big thing i get it you jeff know. jeff rabjohns is going to he, he's going to bully his way through it with that cold here via the andy moore automotive group hotline i do want to get some of your thoughts on on football because that's certainly on the horizon and a lot of fans mm-hmm. of iu want to know some stuff about that but we'll start with your escapades in vegas what you saw in some of those those iu targets um as it stands right now what's what's been your impression of what iu is doing and some of those targets that you witnessed out in vegas yeah, I think to me, John, the biggest storyline for Indiana basketball right now this summer is how many elite players around the country they're either in the main group with, have an official visit scheduled with, or are in the or in the, or in the public finalist group. Um, because I don't recall any any time that I used been, you know, a legit finalist for this many this many elite players. And I mean, here's just some of them: number one ranked Dylan Harper. Number six ranked Derek Queen, number eight ranked Leah McNeely, number fourteen ranked Boogie Flynn, number seventeen ranked Asa Newell, number twenty-seven ranked Jaden Mustoff, number twenty-eight ranked Tyler Betsy. Those are just the top thirty guys. They've got other guys that they're in the main group with. Number twenty-one BJ Edgecombe, number twenty-three Kenai Ruth. Guys who haven't kind of publicly announced finalists. Uh, they're getting an official visit from Austin Schwartz, who's a national top 50 guy. So I, I, I don't, you know, they're they're in the main group with, with Patrick and Bongo, number 33-ranked guy. So to me, the biggest story right now for Indiana basketball is, you know, the number of elite players 
for whom IU is, is a legit contender. You know, Honor Boateng, number 38. Don't want to leave him out. Just talk to him uh, recently. So it's there's almost 10 guys in the national top 60 who either have IU listed in the public finalists, who have said publicly IU is one of my main schools, or have an IU official visit scheduled. So I think, to me, that's the number one story for Indiana basketball right now here in July 2023. It's, uh, Jeff com fighting through a cold, informing us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, and we certainly do appreciate that. Um, I, I want to get to a little bit of old news, and I know to, to people like you that follow this all on a daily, an hourly, a minute-by-minute basis, I mean, you were privy to this type of knowledge you know, well before it, it became – uh, release, but what was um, was there disappointment regarding the whole uh, Badunga thing and not being a part of a Final Four? I, I guess I just don't recollect how hard they went after the kid from Kokomo here locally. Sure, um, yeah, I mean Indiana went they went hard for a good stretch, and I think um, the moment everybody was, I mean, there were always whispers behind the scenes that there were certain people around for it who wanted him to go out of state to what some people perceive to be national program. And yes, Indiana did go hard. Yes. Indiana um, was told at one point in time by people around Florida that Indiana would get a senior year official visit. Other people would tell you and did tell some of us, I'd be careful believing that. And so it's like one of those things where we reported, like when Florida came out and said, I'm going to take a senior year official visit to Indiana. Like, okay, I got to report it because he said it. So here, ladies and gentlemen, this is what he said. Now, let's go to the board, and I'm going to tell you my opinion is I believe it when I see it. So that's kind of where that thing was for the come, what I call coming down the stretch to the announcement of finalists. Then we're out there in uh, Rock Hill, North Carolina for the Adidas uh, Championships. And, um, Lori and I, like after a game, we're, we're talking, and I said, okay, I said, you know, school A, B, and C, these are all expecting visits. You know, do you have an order? And he just looked at me and paused and shook his head. He said, what do you mean, no? He said, I'm not taking any more visits. I said, what do you mean? He said, he just shook his head. I said, I'm not taking any more visits. I said, okay. I said, all right, that's cool. And shortly after that, um, you know, I, I put a note on, on the piece board saying, hey, Lori says he's not taking any more official visits. You know, uh, some schools are still trying, et cetera, et cetera. So shortly after that, I started getting calls from some schools involved saying, hey, Abby, you're getting bad intel. He's taking official visits. I said, okay, well, if, if you're getting something different, then, then great. I'm simply reporting what the player himself said. He said, he told me, he's not taking any more official visits. Um, there was a coach who was there in the gym at the time, walks up to me, says, hey, man, uh, somebody said you put a note on your message board that Flory said he's not taking any more visits. We got one scheduled. It's such and such. So, Coach, great. He just got done telling me he's not taking more official visits. So, a few more hours pass. I think it was the next morning. People started reaching out to me again. Okay, what now, guys? Oh, we got a hold of Flory. He's not taking any more official visits. <laughs> like, congratulations. Good job, coaches. But anyway. Um, why, why was there such a, a confusion? Or, or mystery going on there, I guess. Why, why was that? I don't know exactly. I don't know. Um, I'm not too sure. Um, I, I don't know if, 
I don't know if speak people were speaking for Flory. I don't know what happened. I can't speak to the specifics of that. All I know is there was confusion. But to answer your big question, you know, Indiana may run at him, but Indiana always knew it was going to take a lot to win that recruitment. And that's why they were, you know, consistently involved with, with Derek Queen, uh, who's a fantastic player, you know, ranked number six in the country. That's why they, they got involved with Patrick Abongo, 6'11 center from the Team Takeover program. Team Takeover, Victor Oladipo, et cetera. Um, so I think there's I – don't, I don't know how much disappointment there is. I mean, I think there's an acknowledgement that Flory's a terrific player, kind of a ready-made guy physically for the college level. Um, but I don't know how much, I don't know how much disappointment. Yeah. Stunned, shocked. No, I don't think so. Um, and, and I, and I know there's no shock for Purdue because, you know, Matt Painter kind of read the tea leaves early and went, there's people who are going to push him a certain direction. It ain't going to be Purdue. I'm not wasting my time. He walked away. Gosh, we're sitting here in late July. He walked away several months ago, read the tea leaves, walked away. So Jeff Rapjohns of Peaks.com with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And you talk about the successes that they're having right now um, in in recruiting. Uh, you talk about that. That's somewhat of a, a mystery there with, with Flory um, that obviously is going to have an outcome with the Final Four. He is selected. But in terms of the preparation this offseason – to play basketball, you know, coming up in November. What, what's the squad up and down now if you want to give a late July kind of eyeballs look type of description? What's this team look like to you? And I know nobody knows anything as of yet, but as far as the collection of players that are going to maintain this roster, what, what do you think right now about it? Um, I think the, uh, the front court has a chance to be outstanding. And if Kalel Ware sort of uh, rounds into form and plays more like he did as a, as a senior in high school than as, as, as he did his freshman year in Oregon. He has a chance to be really good. Uh, Malik Renault has an incredible amount of skill. Obviously, he wasn't going to get a ton of touch, touches last year playing behind a, an All-American like Trace Jackson Davis, but Malik Renault can play. Um, you bring in McKenzie Mbaco, who is, in, in the eyes of some, Sort of like the ideal modern four-five man. I'm sorry, four-three man. In that he can shoot it from the arc, he can handle it, he can play off the dribble, um, and, and he can kind of morph into different things offensively, possession by possession. So I think the number one thing that jumps out is I use front court should be very good. Plus you got Peyton Sparks there for some depth. Um, I think the number two thing is you've got a you know, a veteran, experienced point guard uh, to to run everything. Um, a guy in Xavier Johnson who should be good on offense and, and should be very good on defense. Uh, you've got a, an ultimate glue guy in, in Trey Galloway, somebody whose three-point percentage, you know, jumped up to 46% last year. And then I think you've got guys who have shown flashes during a lot of the individual skill work, um, you know, C.J. Gunn, uh, Caleb Banks, you know, guys like that. Um, so I think I think the front court should be good. I think point guard play should be good. Um, you know, Gabe Cups is is one of those guys who you know, even though he's a freshman, and and we'll see how much time he gets as a freshman. You know, he's a guy who comes in with, with just tremendous work ethic, the kind of attitude you want from freshmen. Uh, they walk in and go, "Hey, coach, I'm here to work. I know I haven't earned anything, but watch me work." 
and doing the still doing the breakfast club thing, which means in the gym at I think five thirty. Uh, Gabe will probably tweet it out if I screw this up, but um, somewhere around there. But I, I think I think that's what you look at when you see the when you look at the IU team right now. Yeah, and again, it's it's tough to to really maintain much of. I mean, you would have it better than anybody else because certainly you've been around it and obviously been able to to see and judge these players. But you know, to the fans out there, there's a, a great deal of still unknown right there, and uh, just kind of curious. Sure. Have they had a good off season? In your thought, I think so. I think so because. Um, skill development has been a very strong focus of the off season, and um, I was actually like debating this with some people on the, on the message board the other day. People, some people were like, "Yeah, we'd like to see a little more scrimmage highlights." I was like, I "Actually, disagree." They're like, "What?" So I, I, I know a number of teams that have gone to recent Final Fours who barely scrimmage during the summer. It's ninety ninety five percent skill development. Um, there's one team that's gone to the Final Four in the last five years. The head coach barely gets out of his chair during the summer to say a word during summer workouts because he doesn't want his guys to just become psychologically and mentally tired of hearing his voice. He has the assistants run drills uh, 95% of the time. So I really think the biggest thing, and, and I think a lot of teams that, that have success, you know, they're careful with guys' legs during the summer. They're careful with how much pounding they take. Um, you know, there's, I was, I was sitting with a, uh, a West coast coach, um, out there at the Vegas event who's been very successful. And, uh, he was telling me that because of their core system, their guys get time off after the season, come back for a couple of weeks. Then they get almost three weeks off before they come back in late September. And I said, Oh man, I said, well, you guys have been really successful. How do, how do you manage the summer? And he said, the summer's great. I said, well, what do you mean? You, you just got done telling me you don't have them very often. He said, yeah, they go home, they come back. They're all refreshed. They're relaxed. Their legs aren't tired. They're not sick of hearing me. So I, I really think skill development, and, and I think more programs over the next 10 years are, are going to figure this out. Skill development in, in the summer, skill development greater than scrimmage time. I really think that a lot of people are going to start figuring that out over the next 10 years. So Jeff Rebjohn, Sapigs.com, as you can tell, fighting a cold and uh, doing an admirable job right now of giving us information <laughs> regarding IU basketball. I did want to transition to this because we're not too far away from the start of the football season. What's your thought on the type of offseason and now the preparation leading up to the start of the football season for IU football and, and Tom Allen here moving forward? What are we thinking about? Yeah, I think um... – I think obviously the um, uh, quarterback battle, I think, is the most intriguing thing. It's the sexiest storyline. It's one. It, it, it's the quarterback position. You know, two. Obviously, you know everybody knows. You know, one of the contenders is Taven Jackson, and obviously, not only is he Trace's younger brother, but you know, multiple state championships at Center Grove, two years in a row at Center Grove. You know, unbeaten six A state championships, a run through the Met that I don't recall anybody else doing. So you have name recognition, you have local name recognition, you have you know, sexy position. So I think to me, that's the most interesting you know, off-season storyline right now is, is, is the quarterback battle and, you know, does does Taven win it, you know? Um, so I think that that's interesting. 
Um, I think the other thing is like there's certain areas where I think there's most likely improvement. Uh, like I think on the defensive line, I think they're better. Um, I think they've gotten more guys who are a little bit bigger and more guys who are a little more athletic. I think they've gotten some guys who can rush the passer. I think they've gotten some more guys who are just faster side to side and can make plays, um, you know, that, that Indiana's defensive ends and defensive tackles really just haven't made a ton of um, over the last few years. So I think that's, that's an area where they've gotten bigger. So to me, for football, those are two things that jump out early. If, if there's um, give me a positive and then you know, a negative, or in this case, a thing that needs to be worked on, you know, regarding Taven Jackson, for example, and I'll, I'll give this name because you're right. I mean, you know, as far as people know around here, that's that's kind of where you start name recognition wise under center. Um, what does he do right now that's favorable for him? What does he need to improve upon to more solidify a starting chance at quarterback with IU? I think one of the best things, he can make all the throws. He's not like a quarterback where you sit back there and go, okay, he can throw long, he can hit the tight end drags, he can hit a couple slants, but these other things, he can't make these throws. So we're pulling with about 60% of the playbook. He can actually make all the throws. I think the thing for him to win this battle is consistently make the right throw under duress. Maybe that's a four-yard chuck down. Maybe you don't try to hit the guy on the opposite sideline when the corner's only a couple steps off just to prove you got the arm strength to stick that thing in there and risk risk the pickoff. Maybe you just go, okay, we're going to take the little four-yard, you know, <clears throat> check down. I, I think that's the thing to hit. That's the thing for him. Just make the right play. You know, I don't know if anybody makes it 100% of the time, but make the right play a high percentage of the time, and I think that's going to give Taven Jackson a strong chance to win the starting job. You know, we, we don't know who's going to win it. It's still July, but there is every indication that Taven Jackson is going to be given every opportunity to be the starting quarterback in Indiana this fall. Is there any disappointment that he hasn't already solidified that position as a starter? Disappointment, like with him. Yeah, just I guess I guess in the terms of this, you know, maybe team wise, maybe certainly fan wise with this question. But there's any disappointment considering he hasn't already won that with what took place in the spring, for example. Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. What, you know, obviously locally, there's a lot of fans who are pulling for him, so I think they would have liked to have seen that announcement. Um, but I think a lot of people understand, you know, the idea of competition through the summer. Um, so I, and I think that's a reasonable approach. A lot of schools do that. Um, obviously, you know, uh, Brendan Thorsby came out of, you know, Lake Dallas, you know, big time program. So, you know, they're going to, they're going to give him a chance, you know, they're going to give him a chance to compete. Um, so I don't know that I would say there's disappointment. I think, I think there's a lot of obviously Taven Jackson support, especially around, you know, these parts. No doubt about that. This is Jeff Rapjohns of Pigs.com getting you updated on a lot of things. Still a little time to go, but uh, certainly wanted to talk a little football and a lot of offseason IU basketball with Jeff via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. I'm going to go ahead and cut you loose right here because it sounds like you need a little bit of rest, brother. I think you do. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the old uh, whatever you sprain your throat's a numb, and I think Dude, it's don't let Ve- don't let Vegas whip your ass like that again. Come on, man. Come on. It, it, it always does. It yeah, I mean, everybody's everybody's first um, excuse is always, "Well, I caught something on the plane home." 
I think I actually did because I felt good until I left Vegas. You know, maybe maybe I should have just stayed in Vegas for another week. Maybe I don't. Fine. I don't know. I think Vegas kind of wore you out. You sound like I, I mean, Vegas always wears me out. Vegas <laughs> you know, it's like I try to work and like. You know, some of my colleagues are like, why are you getting up and going to a 9 a.m. gag game in Vegas? Exactly. So I'm like, well, you know, because I just, you know, I'm a dork and I want to go see it. And then you end up having dinner with somebody and you look at your watch and go, hey, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, you know. And it's like, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, Vegas time. Man. It's 4 o'clock in the morning, body clock time. What are we doing? Part I just, of the deal, though. Part I, of the deal. I do think it sounds more manly if you were to tell everybody that you didn't catch a cold on the plane, that this is just a product of just being Jeff Rabjohns in Vegas. Okay? Oh, For future reference, yeah, seriously. Better at this than I am. Yeah. There you go. That's so, how I got. I'm always here for the advice if you need it. I'm always here. Appreciate you, my friend. Brother. Take it easy. Go get a nap. Yeah. That's that Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline. Worked over by Vegas. All right, Bob Kravitz going to join us on the other side. Bob Kravitz has a new gig. Starting something new with an initial column that talked about his prior gig. Talk to Bob about that. We'll talk to Bob about the running back and a lot of other stuff before the Colts start camp coming up next week. Bob Kravis going to join us coming up on the other side. Mike Chappell, top of the 5 o'clock hour. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Uh, Chapel top of the hour. Jeff Rabjohns, a lot regarding uh, IU football and hoops there. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. The Ohio players bring us back with fire because on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, friend of the show Bob Kravitz joins us. He's got a new gig, and he went fire on his prior gig, evidently a little bit earlier today. Bob, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, man. I uh, I feel like I uh, left it all out there. <laughs> you did, didn't you? You wanted to, to I, I, tell tell them what you thought, didn't you? Well, I, I did. You know, I mean, like somebody said, "Oh, way to burn a bridge." I'm like, "What bridge?" You know? Yeah. I mean, there's no bridge to be burned. I mean, that that's yesterday's news anyway. So yeah, I uh, I have a new Substack column, um, and uh, I'll just. Uh, Promote it real quickly. It's bobkravitz.substack.com. And uh, you can read all my latest offerings uh, on there. I wrote my first column today, uh, took the athletic to task um, for some of the ways they operate and the way they operated vis-a-vis me. And uh, talked about what I plan to do at the site. And uh, it's going to be exciting, man. I'm I'm looking forward to that kind of freedom. For those of us that aren't very bright, and certainly I'm uh, chief among us, uh, Substack is, for those that may not know. It is a self-publishing platform. Um, You know, you you, you go on there and, you know, the first first couple of uh, articles will be free to read and you can kind of decide whether you want to subscribe. You can subscribe monthly. You can subscribe for the entire year. Um, but it's going to be more like what I was back at the Indy star writing more frequently, 
getting getting my feet getting my hands a little bit dirty um you know and just kind of diving into the local sports landscape and uh writing about those things so Bob Kravitz, and again, you can find him at uh, Substack with his his content. As you seem, you, know, you weren't down at least on the air the last time we talked, but certainly there was there was disappointment uh, because your routine was taken away, and yeah. you had to to find that. Listen, I'm I'm so routine oriented. I'm an absolute mess on a daily yeah. basis. If it's taken away. How long did it take you to to find that rebirth of sorts that you were looking for for this? Uh, I'd say, you know, a good two, three weeks, maybe uh, almost a month. I mean, I got let go on the 12th of uh, January. I just, you know, we were, I, I, I kind of had a little bit of an epiphany. I was in the Atlantic Ocean uh, at the Jersey Shore on a beautiful day, just kind of floating, and I thought, I just want to be my own guy. I just want to be my own editor. I just want to be the captain of my own ship. And how can I do that? And uh, Scott Agnes is on Substack. Scott was kind enough to have lunch with me today and show me all the tricks of the trade with Substack. You know, I'm, I'm not real good with technology, as anybody who knows me can tell you. Um, you know, so... Uh, I've got a lot of people in my corner, and the first story did pretty well. I've got a lot of subscribers, and I hope a lot of other people. And thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity sure. to promote it. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, anytime. We love having you on, certainly. Bob Kravitz on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Um, what did you, you feel that um, what you thought the athletic was going to be started to dissolve into what you hoped that it wouldn't turn into? Well, you know, they wanted a lot of local coverage at the beginning, and then they wanted everything to be national. They wanted, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes the Pacers play fairly uh, – they, they didn't want much in the way of game coverage, which seemed odd to me. Um, they wanted something entirely different, which is fine. That's their prerogative. That's their philosophy. But I just thought, you know, if Purdue plays a big game against Ohio State in the middle of the season, I want to write about it. I don't want to write, wait three days and write, you know, the long feature about Zach Eady. So maybe I was poorly suited for this. I mean, I, I thought I was hired to write thousand-word columns off of the issues of the day, and clearly that was not the case. And so, you know, joke's on me. But, uh, you know, and then the whole thing, when I had the quadruple bypass and they put me on, on probation shortly thereafter, I thought that was the biggest piece of crap I'd ever seen in my life um, from, from, a, from a journalism organization or anybody else. Well, and I, I tell people this all the time in, in comparison to what is national radio or, you know, national content, what you get, Bob. And you can say the same thing being a part of Substack is for people around here, you and I, we give people around here what nobody else cares to give them and when you talked about the athletic in that way you know it's you know it's indiana it's indianapolis 
and knowing that they wanted more of kind of a, a national spoke in this particular mm-hmm. wheel here, um, it leaves so many people that value local content and want it out. And I've always maintained this. I tell everybody every day, nationally, they don't care. They don't give a fat crap about what goes on around here unless Andrew Luck retires a, a second before the start of the season. That's right. all they care about. And now, you know, you can start to create that avenue because there is certainly a thirst for local content and different local Absolutely. angles around here. Well, look, you know, James Boyd, who's a wonderful guy and, and a terrific young Love James, yes. He's the best. And he's going to do a great job on the Colts. But the fact of the matter is when I was hired, we had two guys on the Colts. We had a guy doing college basketball. We had a guy doing the Pacers, and you had me. Now, it's not a complete staff. It'd be great to have somebody doing high school. It'd be great to have somebody doing this, that, and the other thing. But it was a pretty good, solid, small staff. And we just completely got away from that. You know, Zach Kiefer, bless his soul, he he got a promotion to a national uh, NFL uh, well, work. Well, if they're looking for a feature writer, that's who I think about when I think about a feature writer. You're a columnist to me. Oh, Zach's no. a feature guy. Exactly. And it, you know, it just it wasn't a very good fit. You know, they always they said they hated the hot take culture, and I'm like, well, who decides whether a take is hot? To me, a hot take is poorly reported. But if you have a strong opinion about something, for God's sake, share it. And and uh. I, I think I lost some of my edge when I was working at The Athletic, and I want to go back to being the same pain in the ass that I used to be. So um, I guess this is a great reference. So you're kind of like Stella, and Stella got her groove back on the Jersey Shore, evidently. Yeah, Correct? Absolutely. As I was floating <laughs> in the in the seas of, of Long Beach Island, New Jersey. Yes, indeed. That's exactly what it was. All right, so it was always going to be the first things first to to go ahead and uh, go ahead and, and and drop hammer and put a period um, and point and done end of story on the athletic with this initial piece. Yeah, well, you know, honestly, I thought it's my it's my story, and I don't, I I just didn't have it in my heart to say, well, best of luck to the athletic. I hope. I hope, uh, and I do. I mean, best of luck to the athletic. I hope they are madly successful. I hope they become profitable. I hope this move to the New York Times is good for them. Um, but I couldn't, in all honesty, say that the way they, the way that I felt like I was treated, was uh, uh, ethical and, and, and right. And it, it just, it, I've been stewing on it for a month now, and I just thought. I'm going to be, you know, this thing, I'm going to be brutally honest, whether it's about uh, about the Colts, the Pacers, myself, whatever. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be straightforward. And, uh, you know, I, I just felt like I had to come out, blaze, you know, guns blazing. Uh, I didn't want to just tell everybody what I was going to do. I wanted to tell them where I'd been and how it got to that point. Yeah, it makes sense. Bob Kravitz is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I think one of the one of the points I got from you out of that, and I don't know if it surprises me or not, because I know you left and you went to Channel 13 and you were, you know, multimedia over there. And then 
I think that was a point in time when they changed companies, and then you know yeah. now now Dave does like you know thirty five seconds I think of sports every night, and that's right. about it. So it's drastically right. different than it was. But I, I guess I didn't know. Did you regret leaving the Star when you look back oh on it God, in hindsight? Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's not that Channel Thirteen treated me poorly. They did not. They treated me fine. Uh, I mean, I had my issues, but I have you know, yeah, you have issues with, with your employers just about any place you go or anybody you work for. Um, but, you know, I always tell my kids, don't mess with happy. And I was happy at the star. And um, I just, you know, I, I fell in love with the idea of trying something new. I fell in love with the idea of not having a deadline. And it was a bigger, it was a bigger uh, blowtorch, really, than, than the star at the time. And I thought they were trying to do something fairly unique, something they'd only done in Louisville, which was have a sports columnist, you know, or two. And, uh, but yeah, in, in retrospect, because they got rid of me after four, four and a half years. Um, yeah, of course, uh, of course, I, uh, I regret uh, having left the star. But, you know, you live and you don't learn. It's uh, Bob Kravitz with us. His work on Substack and the first one he shares his his pointed opinions regarding uh, the athletic and how things ended for him there. So, are you are you happy so far? Did you learn a lot about Substack and and how to navigate this particular new platform for you? I'm I'm, I'm learning. I'm uh, I'm in the process. <laughs> so uh, you know, we were down at the Jersey Shore, and I sat with my uh, my son-in-law and my daughter, and they helped me set the thing up. My daughter got me a really cool graphic that I that I can use. And then again, I went to lunch today with uh, with Agnes, and he was incredibly helpful. Uh, we went through the whole toolbar and how to post to here and how to post to there. And yeah, I think I'm going to get more used to it. I'd like at some point to do maybe a podcast or two. I want to do a chat, but those are a little advanced for me now. But so right now I'm going to write a couple of columns for free, and then uh, you know hopefully people will say, "Hey, I'd pay for this." Hell yeah! Um, and then then start uh, making it a paid proposition. Bill Cash had tweeted at me and said that tell Bob I just signed up for the year so Fantastic. you got one right well, here god bless him <laughs> there you god go bless him god, hey we'll we'll write for food that's what i, <laughs> I, I should have called the uh called the column we'll write for food i, I know that uh, i mean if this thing works out the way that you want it to i mean i know you don't you don't see you know the end here but uh have, have you thought about what age because I, sometimes i think about that too i'm 53 right now and yeah. i kind of you know kids are getting older kind of think about oh, sure yeah sure. What, I, what the exit strategy is going to uh, be for me do you do you often think about that for you yes you know because because of all the stupid health issues I, i've thought about it many times you know uh before the Substack thing started i thought well i'll go four more years at the athletic and then you know 67 is a good age for a lot of reasons, uh, you know, Medicare and uh, Social Security and all that. I think this is something I can do for a long time. You know, this is not a – unless I win the lottery, John. Yes. Unless yes. I win the lottery, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into this, and I'm going to be uh, a long-timer uh, <laughs> if, if this thing is the kind of success that I need it to be <laughs> because – you know, I mean, at some point you got to pay the bills. So uh, I, I hope that people 
not only subscribe, but just, you know, read the stuff, share it, um, promote it. Um, you know, I need help in this, in this thing. And, and I hope people will provide that. I think I've got a pretty, um, good, decent reputation with readers. They know I'm, I'm, I'm honest. So, uh, you know, We'll, we'll see where it goes. Well, you know, here. we got your back here. You know that. I know. I, I, I think I, I've. I know I can speak for everybody here that we got. We got your back. We love. We love having you on here. So I appreciate it. And you guys, you had me on, and Jake had me on, and Greg had me on. So uh, let's make it a regular thing, man. You I got I really it. Enjoy coming out with you. You got it. So once again, tell everybody how they can find your work, your content at Substack. Yes, just uh, type in bobkravitz.substack.com. And you will uh, be you will move to my column right there, and you can read what I had to say. And it's funny; I've gotten a lot of emails and messages and whatnot uh, from people who work at the athletic and people who used to work at the athletic, basically saying, "Yeah, you go, boy. You, <laughs> you, you tell you tell it like it is, because a lot of people are very unhappy there. But, well, and then there uh, may be some this. there may be some yeah. former colleagues, Bob, of yours there that that aren't in a position much like you are right now to to go and say what they want about right. this too. And, and so I, I it was important to me. I, I didn't want to come off as small and petty, and I've always always taken the high road. When it comes to this kind of stuff, I've never said a negative word about WTHR, um, you know, at least not in a public way. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I've always, and I, I really didn't want to come off as petty and yeah. small, but um, I, it's just it was in my bones. I, I just I had I had to share what I had to say. It's at Substack, his first column right there regarding his departure from The Athletic back in the month of June. And you can find uh, his work in the future there at Substack. Just, uh, again, search Bob Kravitz there. And you'll find it. And we'll have Bob on to talk about some stuff. I was going to get your thoughts on the uh, uniforms today. but Because cool. I, I knew the fashionista in which you were, um, like Ralph Lauren, Calvin Klein, Bob Kravitz. So, Well, I think that goes without saying. Yeah. If you've seen the way I dress, you know that I'm fashion forward. And I think they're pretty cool. I tweeted it out this morning, or uh, whenever it came over late late this morning. I think they're pretty sharp. What do you think? I I, I really I like I like it. I'm fine with them, but I don't care, I guess. <laughs> I, oh, okay. I've never really no and that I'm sounds a lame. I'm a radio guy, I don't have an opinion. <laughs> you see, I know it. That's the way I explained it earlier. I said this is such a lame take, but yeah, I really didn't care. It doesn't bug me. Um I'm fine with it. I think it looks good. It's not like I'm gonna count to minutes until it, it debuts, but yeah, I'm fine yeah. with it. I think I like the helmet. I think the helmet's badass. I like the helmet so. a lot. The other, the the the, the uh, uniform looks to me like the Detroit Lions a little bit, um, but well, it kind of looks like Franklin Community to me. Although it looks like Franklin, <laughs> <laughs> but but I will I will tell you this uh, because Miles um, Turner, the way that he dressed, I, I found out on my my Twitter account last week that I have a lot more fashionistas that that obviously care about the way that others dress than I thought that I had. I didn't know I had so many. And it started with Miles last week, and now it goes through the Colts uniforms. So I've well, got a lot of people again, in fashion. 
When we think fashion, we think JMV and crap. We do. We do too. And I've, you know, I I rock more than occasionally uh, $5 V-neck t-shirts from Dollar General. That's where I get my clothes, Dollar General. I I went into an appointment this morning and somebody said, "You going to play golf?" I said, "No, that's my daily uniform." <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, look at me. This is serious. So, you know, Jim Irsay is having the Jim Irsay collection coming up here in September, yeah, and they're doing on. it down to uh, the Lucas Oil Stadium. And and Gorman called me and he goes, "Hey, we we may want you to come up there and you know be a part of this introduction wise." And I thought that'd be awesome. He said, yeah. "But we will. We may have to buy you some other clothes." Yeah. <laughs> I think he's probably right. By the way, did you go to the last show? I did not. I did not attend, but I did send some people. We had winners last week. Uh, okay. Jim Jim gave away a pair of tickets to go to Boston for the weekend to see right. you know, that performance with Peter Wolf and with uh, Kevin Cronin of the gang, and apparently that was outstanding. Well, let me tell you something. I went with my wife last year, and we had an absolute stinking blast. Yeah. The music was phenomenal. I mean, when you got Ann Wilson up there belting it out in front of Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Mike Mills and Buddy Guy and just uh just a who's who it's like the twenty seven Yankees. Yeah. That one no. Yeah, it's awesome. And you would think the last place that would go over well is Boston, and they went to TD Garden last weekend and apparently sold it out. It was great. They did. It really is Jim Irsay's gift to to the city that he's you know playing in. It's a free concert, and I'm telling you, I've seen I've seen all his uh, memorabilia, if you want to call it. Uh, it's, not, it's too expensive to be called memorabilia. There's got to be another collection. And it is outstanding. I mean, just, you know, rock and roll and, you know, uh, pop culture. And, you know, it's amazing. And to me, especially the Jack Kerouac scroll for On the Road just blows me away because I'm a big fan of uh, of that sort of writing. Yeah, it's, it is it is awesome, too, and it's it's coming back here relatively soon. Bob Kravitz from Substack. You can find him at Substack. Substack. You uh, search Bob Kravitz at Substack and his latest regarding his departure from The Athletic, and then columns forthcoming, and we'll have him on here uh, whenever he wants here uh, with Bob Kravitz. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, congratulations, Bob. Keep on keeping on, and we'll do it again soon. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you, and I appreciate you having me on. You know what? Bob Kravitz right there. Substack is where you can find the future endeavors of one Bob Kravitz. Quick break. We'll return. Mike Chappell, top of the hour, 93.5, The Fan. The Ride with JMV. It's party time. P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, let's all do a unified sky point to one of the greatest rock music voices of all time and that birthday, shall we? Born on this date, 1964, Christopher John Boyle in Seattle, Washington. The world certainly better knows him and this incredible voice as the late, great Chris Cornell of Soundgarden and Audio Slave. And I had seen Soundgarden, I think, three times in all. 
just all three times. I saw them early stages. I saw them at a Lollapalooza when they were with Metallica and the Ramones. And then I saw, well, I saw their their final performance here at the now TCU Amphitheater a week before he died. Uh, May 18th, 2017. Uh, that was in Detroit. And if you remember, days earlier, they played, again, the outdoor facility known now as TCU Amphitheater. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Cornell. Just one of the greatest, the greatest voices of all time right there. Ah, his birthday today. This quick update, too. I mentioned the inbound weather in and around the area. This is from Ruoff Music Center. As we continue to monitor the approaching storms, we have decided to delay opening doors for your safety. So please continue to shelter in your vehicle. We will continue to assess the incoming weather, and we'll have an update coming up at 545. This show tonight's Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg. So I know this one, this may be sold out. So those of you that are going up to Ruoff, again, keep that in mind. They'll give you an update again coming up at 545. But inbound weather, again, not just up in Hamilton County around Ruoff, but uh, throughout central Indiana. We'll keep you updated on that. But for those of you heading up to the Wiz Khalifa Snoop Dogg show, that is the latest right there. They will delay the opening of the doors for your safety there. All right, quick break. We shall return not too far away from the start of Colts camp up in Westfield. It is going to be the most highly anticipated Colts camp ever around here. And for a little background to why in the past, Mike Chappell's been around here since the Colts got here at 84. Mike joins us next. The Ride with JMV. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right. We'll go back to back Soundgarden for the birthday celebration of the late Chris Cornell right here. Right? The above from Bad Motorfinger. James over there. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. Inbound weather. Keep you updated on that. Bob Kravitz a little bit earlier. Substack, search Bob Kravitz for his scorched earth take on the athletic and his departure last month um, and all of his inbound himself's takes coming up here you can find with Bob and Jeff Rabjohn's a little bit earlier. Some IU football and some offseason IU basketball stuff. And the uh, if you wondered about it, too, the story, and he gave you background on what took place regarding uh, Badunga, Floyd Badunga of Kokomo, and why there was no IU in that four. A little bit of background right there. And certainly some football talk centered around the start of the season, which is not too far away. Likewise, with the NFL and campus coming straight at you next week up at Grand Park in Noblesville. Check that, Grand Park in Westfield. Sorry about that. I was thinking about Ruoff. Don't get mad at me. Grand Park in Westfield coming up. 
And to join us to talk about that, the the most highly anticipated camp we have ever seen around here. And because he was a part of each and every one of them, he will give you that particular landscape drop that's necessary right now from CBS 4 and Fox 59. Mike Chappell, he does join us. I mentioned this, Mike, that this is going to have the most interest ever regarding a Colts training camp. With with Manning, you, you felt you knew what you were getting. You certainly did with luck when he came in. But there is such an incredible level of interest and mystery surrounding Anthony Richardson and what to think, what to believe, and what to expect. It makes this the most highly anticipated camp that I've ever seen. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. Because, again, like you said with the other ones, you you had a pretty good idea because, you know, Manning and Luck had track records. They had, you know, well, he did this in college, and, and Luck was ultra successful. And this kid – as much as you want to say, boy, look what he can be. Go back to the – remember what Chris Ballard's quote was, we drafted him for what he can be, what he can be in the future. So – and you're right. And and we in the media, we we overdo things because that's what we do. And as I said, we're going to be charting who took the most snaps with the first unit, what were were their completion percentages, and did he look like he knew what he was doing, and – because that's what we do more so now it, just, just because of, of the importance and most of us, I think, believing that unless Richardson just, as I've said, proves that he's not ready. And I think he has to really be not ready. I think the, the expectation is that he is a, the day one starter because again, as long as he's holding up his end and playing somewhat efficiently, whatever that efficiently is. And he, and he's not just, you know, three interceptions and stupid plays and fumbles. What's it matter if you go five and 12 or, or, or seven and 10, if my ball state math is correct. So th- this is all about the quarterback and how is he progressing? How is he growing? How are the players around him? You know, are, are, are they? Is he showing the leadership you need? Because he's their future. I mentioned in a tweet last week, which is, you know, the, the three pro franchise with, with Boston and Halliburton and, and Richardson. God, you've got three young cornerstones, and Richardson has got to be the guy. He just does. Because if he's not, then where are you for the next? Yeah. Four or five, you know, we we just we've just been through this rinse and repeat cycle, and that's why it's the. I agree with you. The, the interest is immense because because you just don't know, and the unknown always brings interest and curiosity. And what they've already announced that that one July 29th practice is is sold out. Available sold out. They're free, but the availability, they're at capacity. And there will be more. I'm guessing that the evening practices and the joint practice with the Bears will be will be full capacity. So that just shows you that, that people want to see these guys and see what they've got. So Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59 with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And yeah, we've talked about this in the past. A conversation we have to have if they deem him unworthy 
unready to start is one we don't want to have to have because then scenario, you start yeah. thinking about okay so what's the timetable on him ever being ready in the distant future and then why is he not ready you all of a sudden get into the skepticism as was he the right selection there and those those are just grounds in which you don't want to tread in my belief around here conversationally you want him mistakes and all to be good to go in week one yeah, but, but you're right. You're right. But but again, if he if he's not ready, you're gonna say, "Well, my goodness, he played thirteen. He started thirteen years in college. What do you expect?" So it, it, it's there. And let's say he's not ready, and and Minshew has to start, or not has, but Minshew starts. I don't know the, the bulk of the games, and then they sprinkle in Richardson later. It didn't mean it doesn't mean he's a bust. It just means that he, he was going to need that year to sort of really learn what the heck's going on and. And kind of get his feet on the ground. Now, if if you know if midway through next year, you're saying, "What's this kid doing? Why isn't he? Why is he still not showing?" Then you've got then you've got problems. Uh, and I've always said that the worst thing you can do, the worst, it, it's better to have it's better to not have a quarterback, or to really go through what the Colts were doing, than to have a guy that you think is the guy. Because it takes you two or three years to find out that he's not. You know, look, look at the guy. You know, it was a locker in Tennessee and, and Bortles and a couple of guys in, in Jacksonville. And is, I would say Kyler Murray in Arizona. If he's not the guy, it just it's just such a thunderclap to your franchise. And you know, let, let's say again that Richardson's he just shows you a little bit, but he's, he 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 starts only on occasion. And you've got a crappy year, and you got a top three pick next year. I mean, did, you think you're going to get a quarterback again? Are you going to do the Arizona thing? What was it, Josh Rosen and then Murray? I can't even imagine them abandoning Richardson that quickly. I, I just can't. Uh, I you know, and go with one of the big studs in next year's draft. But what you really want to come out of this year with is an idea that you know we we made the right choice. And yes, he has to play early because he needs he needs he just because he has to. But you've got to have the idea that you you can see for the next four, five, six, eight years that this guy's going to take you there. The worst thing would be to to say, man, what what the hell did we what we do? Because to to to, to abandon him in, in the off season and, and draft another quarterback would just be awful and i i just can't i can't envision that happening you've got to give him two years you've got to give him two years to see what you've got and then if you got to panic you panic so but mike, i i just i don't see that happening it's a mike chapel of cbs4 and fox 59 i i kind of wonder you know I, I think you're going to see a, certainly a knock around here which is expected and then next year Correct. you're going to want to see some strides i just i don't know when you're really you know going to be able to um, to feel great, and again, maybe maybe we're all looking at this from a pessimistic standpoint, to where uh, he certainly will play better than than what we think he's going to early on. But man, that is uh, that he is certainly a lot. Early. He just yeah, is. There's just no way around that. There, I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, well, he can run the ball and all this different. I mean, decision making, all this, you know, is surrounding the type of outcomes he's going to have, and this is going to be these breakdowns, Mike that we give series after series, play after play. It Which is never going to give us a rest. 
but you're right, and it's unfair. But that's that's where we are. And keep in mind, they're going to do everything possible to put Richardson in a position to succeed. They're going to, I guess, for the lack of a better phrase, they're going to dummy down the offense. They're going to make it more simplistic, and then you know maybe for a couple of years, and then in year three, if he's if he's the guy, you're going to see an expansion. I remember with Peyton. I, I, not, not, again, it, it's it's really not fair to compare the two, but but the approach maybe because after about a year, year and a half, that's when Tom Moore started taking the training wheels off, and that's when he let Peyton kind of go. Maybe it was two years, whatever. But but initially, Peyton wasn't going up there at the line of scrimmage and doing what the hell he wanted to. So and, and it, it took Peyton go back and go back and look at his rookie year. Forget the fact that he's a Hall of Famer and Super Bowls and all that. His first seven or eight games, he wasn't very good. I mean, he he was littered in field with interceptions. And the light went on in Frisco. I was there. They got hosed by the officials, should have beaten the Niners. And from that date on, he was good. He was good, and you knew it. You just knew it. So I don't know when or how. You, you quantify that Richardson's doing what he needs to do. They'll know. They'll tell us. They're not. They are not going to put him out there like like a David Carr and let him get his head beaten in because they can't protect. And, and if, if the offensive line doesn't work, I don't know what they do. I really don't. Well, you can't. well I don't. Even, that's another thing you don't want to think about because you have opportunities to change this thing up, and it's almost like you say, "Well, we're going to change up." the the coach uh the positional coach and then hope that these guys just had a down year with a quarterback that was over the hill and, and an injured running back I, yeah i mean those that's wishful thinking at least on the surface before we start here as much interest and rightly so as there is in the quarterback the most important thing is how's the offensive line play it, it is and we've talked about this we won't know in training camp they'll they'll look good in training camp you know hopefully no one gets dinged up or injured whatever They'll look good, and but if the offensive line plays good at a decent level, this things will work. Things will work at a good level. If if they're like they were the first, I don't know, third of last year, I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care who the running back is. It won't work. It just won't work. So there's a ton of there's a ton of pressure, whatever word you want to put on there, on the offensive line to play well. Because like you said, we've talked – they didn't change anything. They looked at that group and said, yeah, okay, with the new voice and new voices and coaches in the room, this will work. Well, we'll see. Because if it doesn't, it doesn't. none of this is going to work. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Is there, do you expect there has been unofficial dialogue between the, the two sides about – what I mean, you think sitting there right now, like Jonathan Taylor knows exactly what the Colts want to give? Is there a ballpark figure in his mind yeah, oh, to the Colts? Uh, oh, what, what do you What do you think we are just dialogue wise? And I'm talking unofficial dialogue I with determining what's going to happen here. There better have been official dialogue. They've had they had to have had substantive talks where Taylor knows what the Colts are offering. The Colts know what what he wants and and then obviously it's is there a middle ground well i want you i want to stop you right there because this is why i asked the question mike and then i'm gonna let you finish up with all this thought because do you think that 
if he knew it was going to be something that he was satisfied with, would he have been as outspoken early in the week regarding Saquon Barkley's no. situation as he was? No. Yeah, you're right. The fact that he's been out of character and, and remember he put something out there about sort of stating his case. And then the other one, when those guys didn't get deals, he just said, wow. Like, and it was a well, like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Type of thing. So, yeah, I, I think he knows. I think, now, again, deadlines spur results. And the problem here is there's really no deadline for JT. Now, one thing that is kind of funny that we haven't talked about, there's a deadline to get those three draft picks signed. Richardson and who's a Juju and uh, the tackle, uh, Freeland. They're unsigned, and until they get signed, they don't go to camp. So, and it's kind of strange that they haven't been signed by this time because, by and large, you know what the con, well, you know what the contract is. It's just some things you can do on when does he get his signing bonus and is, can Juju get some more guaranteed. But they've got to get those done, and they will. But with Taylor, yeah, I, I think both sides kind of know, hey, this could work or this won't work. But the problem is there's no, we got to get this done by by training camp. We need to get this done done by the regular season. Didn't didn't those three a couple of years ago get done before the season and at the end of camp with Leonard and and Hines and, and Braden Smith? They got done late in camp. It just needs to get dog on. It just needs to get done. It just does. I understand. I understand the market and the, the league has told us what the market is and it ain't what these running backs want. But this is we've talked. This is different. This is forget the market, forget the NFL. This is we're not talking long term with JT for six years. We're talking give him give him something solid for two years that you know for two years he's going two more years he's going to be here. He's going to get paid decent and worry about you know 2026 you know later. And they they have made a tradition of rewarding their own overpaying for their own they overpaid for Shaq they overpaid for Braden they didn't really overpay for Naheem because it wasn't you know a, a, a over-the-top deal but if it takes an extra million a year to get JT done then, then do it and now unless he's asking for something if he's asking for Christian McCaffrey money that's crazy it's not going to happen and one thing to keep in mind is, and we, we, we've touched on this last week. Let's say the Colts play hardball, which is totally against what they've done. They make him play out this year, then they go franchise, franchise, which they can do. That gives them about $25 million or whatever. There's no, to me, JT and his people can't be saying, you know, we're just going to do this and, and wait till we get to free agency. Well, what makes you think free agency is going to be any better in, in a year or two? It's, I don't see this running back dilemma turning around in a year or two so his best you know I, I haven't got a dog in the fight but to me his best option is sort of to take a, a reasonable offer from the Colts that's multi-year and guarantees him I don't know 20 24 million dollars because for him to think that all I need to do is get to free agency and I'll really hit like Michael Pittman he probably wants to get to free agency and good for him because he, he may he may hit it. I just can't see a running back saying, well, I'll just play it out, and when I get to free agency, I'll make you guys sorry you didn't do it. I don't see that being a good leverage 
for take JT or any running back. Well, because right now, free agency for a running back sucks. I, I just and I think that as I've told you before, and I think we agree on this note. I, I think right now in the situation, the Colts are different than the other teams that are most widely being talked about here. But I, I did want to ask you this. Is there a relation, a connection that, that can be made between what the Colts did in extending Naheem Hines? And I know that he didn't put up the numbers, but they extended him, and he hadn't put up any numbers to that yeah. point either. But they trusted he was going to, and again, they rewarded their own. Is there any relation that could be made between that and what they're about to do or what they're thinking about with Jonathan Taylor. I just think the, the, the comparison is that they, they have blanket have rewarded their own. Go, I can rattle off six, eight guys, you know, Grover Stewart, the kicker and the long snapper and the punter and, and all these guys. I realize you're talking different money, but it's what they've done. It, it's, it's just what they've done. And, one thing that I do think gets kind of skewed is, and JT tried to use this, is how he's he's heavily involved in the community, which he is, which he is. But that's a good thing. But I, I, what's that going to be worth in negotiations? As long as you're not a troublemaker, you know, that's what you don't want. But his values on the field. And one thing I heard on the radio today that I just didn't agree with is that, well, he's had one great year. Well, he was pretty good as a rookie. He's pretty good as a rookie, and then he went off the charts his second year. And last year was a down year for a lot of reasons. Yes, he ankle, but he still averaged four and a half a carry, which in years past was is, is off the charts for a running back. And I did see a stat that he's average is at 5.1 for his three years, which is like the highest per carry average by a running back in his first three years. Like I don't know if the, if the word was ever or not, but in, in a long, long time. So again, but I agree with you. This, this, forget the market value and forget what the Giants and although I think I think Barkley and and, and JT are very similar in their value to the their situation. Team, team situations aren't though, so that's that's right, kind of why I look right. at it. But 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 and keep keep in mind that that. They've got now the Giants have got their quarterback. He got the big extension, right? Forty million dollars, whatever it is, a year, whatever. The Colts have got their quarterback on a rookie contract. This gives you the flexibility, if you want, to maybe overpay for a running back. If 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 we want to say over, if giving him thirteen, fourteen million dollars a year, which is higher than market value, but you know th- that's what a rookie quarterback allows you to do. And for two years, for, for Richardson's first two years, I would love to have a, a top-tier running back, which I believe JT is. I saw what the Madden thing got him, the sixth-best running back. I I would say he's top four. I think he's top four, and we could argue that. So, But, but the, the, the best friend of Anthony Richardson for the next, for the first couple years is JT. Uh, I remember that Peyton called Marshall Falk his security blanket because when you got that guy back there, it just makes a difference. And again, I go back to we're not talking long term, four to six years. We're talking a couple years, two, three years is what you're asking for for JT. And then you'll move on just because you will. But boy, right now, I overpay a little bit, get him in here and for, for, forget about the rest of the, the market and all this, but what what it means to your team. And as I've, I've argued, he's their best player. He is. I, I, I 
I just believe he is. And the message it would send to make him play his contract and then franchise, he would be so against everything that they've done up to this point. Is uh, Mike Chappell, CBS 4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Next week is the beginning of Colts camp up at Grand Park in Westfield. Mike, again with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Uh, I'm going to make this uh, again connection this relation in support of both of our arguments here so are you assuming that Shane Steichen's offense here is going to be pretty damn close to exactly what we saw in Philly a year ago Sure. I think okay. so. Yeah. And, and we're not talking about you know, Super Bowls or conference championships or even the postseason. We're just talking right. about helping your rookie quarterback with 13 games prior under his belt along adequately enough uh, to justify a lot of things right here. We saw the level of importance the running back and Miles Sanders played a role in that Super Bowl team of Philly a year ago. 1,269 yards, 11 touchdowns, nearly a five per rush average. Wouldn't you think that certainly that that Jonathan Taylor, not just this year, but next year would be of equal importance? Now, I know that Miles Sanders is now in Carolina, and Philly's going to see if they can reboot DeAndre Swift, I believe, there at running back now. But I just thought you saw the importance of the running back there a year ago, and I think that not only answers the question, Mike, to the now in helping out Anthony Richardson, but to the short-term future of helping out Anthony Richardson evolve as a quarterback. You agree? I, I agree. And that's why I say that there, there's an argument across the league on how they're being devalued. But locally here, I don't think that's the case. I, I think it's just the opposite. And as long, again, as long as JT is being whatever reasonable is, I, I, I don't know why it doesn't get done because he means that much to you. And they're going to, what is it? He said, uh, 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 throw to score points and, and run to win. Well, that, that means when you you know when you get in this position, you, you need to have a guy that you can lean on. And, and early in the game, you, you can you can bust some runs. And I, I just think to be able to have a running game, and I'm not talking just with Joe Bag of Donuts, as Ron Meyer used to say. I'm, I'm talking a running back who, who at some point during the week, the coordinator says, "Hey, we need to need to pay attention to this guy because yeah. you know in, in two years ago he, he just broke things open." And and again, that's that's one of the arguments why you don't do it is he rushes for eighteen hundred yards and eighteen touchdowns and they don't make the playoffs. That wasn't his fault. That was your fault. That was the team's fault. So I, again, I just think for all you said, and again, that's why I say for the first two years of Richardson's career, he needs that guy. He needs to have a a guy that's going to take some of the pressure, some of the focus off of him, and is going to maximize what what. Richardson does in the run game. And uh, the last thing you want is to be throwing the ball 40 times a game with a rookie quarterback. And if you don't have a robust – and, again, JT's going to be here. You know, they're talking about Josh Jacobs and Barkley missing time. Well, th- this guy's not going to miss time. He's under contract. He gets fined $50,000 if he, if he doesn't show up for camp. We've never gotten any indication that's going to happen. But it's just the, the ripple effects of – of, of, of seemingly playing hardball with him, and that, that's yeah. what the perception is going to be. That's what the PR is going to be is, why are you holding this guy's feet to the fire because you never did it with anybody else? But uh, that's why I just think I I will be surprised if it di- doesn't get done at some point because that that's how they've done business. And things have changed for Chris Ballard to some degree. 
but he still runs things. He, he runs things his way, and his way is to is to reward his own. And I just think he rewards his own just because. Hi, right, Mike. In closing, did the uh, video from Instagram of Shaquille Leonard's working out do anything for you earlier this week? Oh, just show <laughs> proof of life. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I no because until I see him out there, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was. Well, it, it was better than a Ballard quote or a Jim Irsay quote yeah, on McAfee's exactly. show. I will say that exactly. Yeah, exactly. But until we get there on Tuesday and talk to Chris Ballard and he says, "Hey, Shaq's ready to go," or yeah, he's getting there, but he's going to open up on Pup. That's that to me is almost the worst news we get on Tuesday is that Shaq's not ready, and and if he's not ready, then what's two more weeks going to matter? So you know, I, I don't know. No, it, it was better. It was better than a quote that meant nothing. But I want to see him practicing up at Grand Park. All right, Tuesday. Is the time Grand Park is the place, and yeah, uh, we'll be there. You guys will be live, local, and late breaking. Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Mike, we'll see you up there, and uh, thanks a lot. Have a great weekend. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Final one to enjoy it before things get real around here. Yeah, there's a lot to uncover right there. If you want to do it, we can. Two three nine ten seventy is the number. Uh, this email address is jmv1075thefan.com. A lot more for you. Final 30 strong here on a Thursday. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of damn nerds. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. So the NFL released Mary Jo White's report into workplace misconduct at the Commanders and is fining Dan Snyder $60 million as a result of the findings. <laughs> well, 60 mil if you need it right there, if you're looking for it. Uh, for a guy that's no longer going to be in ownership. And people are firing up cigars everywhere regarding that right now. Uh, that release within the last 30-plus minutes or so. Reds a winner. Two consecutive for the Reds after they lost six straight. And Andrew Abbott, eight innings, one hit. That has to be. I haven't seen this. That has to be, right? The best start of the season for a Reds pitcher. Six Ks, I think 106 pitches overall, 65 of which are strikes. And sent down the final 12 batters that he faced. Yeah, and again, that is the longest outing of the season by a Reds pitcher. Only hit allowed came with two outs into the fourth inning. That is Andrew Abbott, who looks a hell of a lot like, and a few old school baseball fans remember a guy named Jerry Royce. Jerry Royce, also a left-hander. These two guys look like twins. Jerry Royce started with the Cardinals. Most notably, Jerry Royce spent time with the L.A. Dodgers. But Abbott with a strong performance today. Weekend set for the Reds. Reds will have in town for their longest homestand of the season. Uh, The Reds have in town 
a team that's been a huge surprise so far this year uh, in a good way. And that is the Arizona Diamondbacks at 54 and 43. I think last check, two games back in the National League West of the Dodgers. Maybe a little bit of momentum for America's team, the Reds, coming up this weekend with that in mind. All right, elsewhere today, finals, Diamondbacks did lose down in Atlanta 7-5. Brewers 4, Phillies nothing. Uh, The Brewers on a hot streak right now, too, so I believe the Reds still two and a half games back in the Central, at least maintaining some pace right there. I mentioned Reds win 5-1. Blue Jays blanked the Padres 4-0. White Sox 6, Mechs 2 earlier today. Tigers 3-zip over the Royals. Uh, One game on going, actually check that, no, I think they're, yep, there it is right there, middle of the seventh. Mariners 2, Twins nothing out in Seattle. Everything else is later on tonight, including an 8.05 get-together. The Cardinals and the Cubs from Wrigley Field in Chicago. Stroman v. Mats, that matchup. If you Cubs fans and you Cardinals fans will be watching that later on this evening. There you go. Uh, Matt writes this, if the Colts won't pay for any of these top receivers that have been moved around the league, they have to pay Jonathan Taylor. Stupid to have no receivers, no running backs, and a rookie quarterback. I don't know, Matthew, and you're right about that. How in the world do you move forward without at least for the next certainly couple of years? You're going to have him this year, as Mike and I talked about, but next couple of years trying to evolve your young quarterback and make sure that he has a staple in the backfield. Again, this is just different than it is anywhere else to me jason ellis writes this in 2024 my colts prediction is one year of richardson only and it's going to be the ballard rebuild extension crummy for caleb that would seem to be a disaster jmv you strike me as a type of guy to wear jorts and a cutoff triple x burger t-shirt how big do you think i am there nate I have not worn jorts in forever. Now, I still will do the cargos. The cargos are still high on my priority list. I don't care what anybody says. Cargos are still right up there. It's from John. So I subscribed to The Athletic because of Kravitz Holder uh, and the like, and now they're all gone. (laughs) None of them are there. I should probably move the subscription money over to Bob's Substack. Uh, Bob Kravitz was on a little bit earlier, too. Um, JMV definitely was the polo green bottle as far as my first cologne. Applied it way too heavy before the junior high party, 91. Was a bummer, too, because someone had just bought the digital underground CD with the Humpty Dance on, and I had no takers because I smelled way, way too much like strong polo cologne. Well done. JMV, how about a splash of gold in the Colts uniforms? would be amazing playing on the Pacers and the Colts together. (laughs) I agree, too. Ryan writes this, as another just want my clothes to be cheap and comfortable, you're missing out on the greatness of Costco clothing as a step up from Dollar General. You know what? Those places where you have to like fill something out to get in, 
I've only been into Costco one time in my life. And I have not been in Sam's Club in forever. I have not tried out the Costco clothes. We'll say this. Costco does. I think it's called, what? The, what is the product? Help me out here, guys. What is the uh, the product that is Costco, like the Costco food? It's like what the, the, the Kroger um the Kroger food product might be. I don't, I'm not making any sense right now. What's the the what's it called? Costco products. This is like turkey, and I'm not making any sense. Why am I even trying to explain it? I've been in there once. What I'm trying to tell you is they have really good sliced turkey. I like the Costco sliced turkey a great deal. James, you're stepping up like you're a big time Costco guy. No. I mean, I've been to Costco several yeah. times, so I like their Kirkland. Food. Thank you. Oh, the Costco okay. brand. Gotcha. Kirkland, indie guy to the rescue. You look Gigi to the rescue. Kirkland sliced turkey is legit. Man, you guys are all much smarter than me. Kirkland. That's what I'm trying to think of. Costco brand. Now, that is good stuff. I've been in there once. I think I'm speaking to, I have a lot of fashionistas and apparently a lot of shoppers at Costco. That's good. Hey, JMV, now hopefully Atlanta sweeps, Milwaukee and the Reds do the same in their series. <laughs> JMV, I thought you were talking about the buck fifty hot dogs at Costco. You look like a buck fifty hot dog guy. What do people think I look like here? What's happening? I will say this. If I go into Walmart and they have the the steamed in the aluminum foil Nathan's hot dog and I find myself with a little bit of hunger, I might throw one of those down. You may see me throwing one of those down. It's a Nathan. I don't know if it's really a Nathan's hot dog, but it's got the wrapping, right? I like the hot dogs wrapped up in aluminum foil are really good to me, especially when you got hunger. It's like um, along John Silver's. Like, when you have hunger, man, it looks great. And then about 30 minutes afterwards, you go, what in the hell was I thinking? But you're okay with it a couple of times a year. Hey, Rob says, Costco is indeed the happiest place on earth. I had no idea. I've been there once. Clearly, I have zero happiness. Gigi says, Kirkland hard alcohol is very solid. You guys are down with Kirkland. Hey, quick one, we'll come back for a final time. Set you up for tomorrow. I'm assuming another hashtag ask Pat tomorrow. Pat Sullivan has brought it with the free Yeti so far. So we expect that coming up tomorrow. We'll close out the week strong as we normally do. J-Law says, you haven't been to Sam's Club. You don't do Costco. Maybe you should try BJ's. What's that? I don't think you got to remember I'm on the south side. We don't have anything. Out. Nothing. Zero. We don't even have uh, raising canes yet. We got to wait until like three years for it to get down to us. BJ's. I just don't go in there and fill out and get the card and have that person, you know, check my receipt when I'm leaving. I've, I don't do that one. And that's right, Sam's Club and that's Costco. I'd just rather go into Kroger and get it done right there. But again, as I mentioned, Kirkland's. Sliced turkey, legit. 
Try it. Thank me later. Quick updates on everything going on tonight. Quick updates on tomorrow. We'll get you set on tomorrow's show as well. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, where speaking of happy place, it's been happy there today as well because the return of Brian Haas. Haas is firing everybody inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. 93.5107 by the fan. The Ride with JMV. Hey, you going to stare all day or are you going to buy something? Uh, I'm going to stare all day. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. The Thursday always feel good when you hear this song. Oh, the Reverend Al Green brings it every time. Every single time. There are just a handful of songs out there that make you feel good no matter when you hear it. This is one of them right here. Uh, JMV, BJ's is like Sam's Club and Costco. However, you don't have to join, but you get a discount if you do join. I think that they there's a charge at 5% at the cash register. Ah, BJ's. Little Noblesville thing right there, J-Law, I'm assuming. Yet to get down to us. Yeah, so the start of the Women's World Cup is this evening. I got a lot going on going into the weekend, too. Uh, Bob Kravitz a little bit earlier. Uh, We talked to Bob about his new endeavor, his first column within his new endeavor for Bob. Substack is where you can find his work, and uh, he talked about how things went at the athletic and uh, clearly from Bob's standpoint, not well. Uh, you can check that out again. Substack you type in or search Bob Kravitz. You'll find it right there. The Colts made their official uniform release today. And I had mentioned, it doesn't really bother me either way. Now, you talk about some people that are either in love or bent out of shape. Like this this dude that does, I think he follows the Colts and does a lot of stats and analytics is like mad. I just don't care that much to be mad. I think the helmets look pretty badass. I don't care if it looks like Duke. I don't care if it looks like Franklin Community. Great. I guess it just doesn't matter to me as much as in my others, but that schedule, I checked that, that uh, alternative uniform release happened earlier today around 10 a.m. And I, I guess this time of year, the Colts get out of that exactly what they don't want, or in this case, what they do want. What they don't want is um, universally rip job on it. And I think most people we're okay with it. I, I just don't I don't know what anybody's going to look for any longer. Hasn't most things been done? I mean, you really try to have to go off the canvas a little bit here, right? To do something that hasn't been done before. I mean, how do you keep it from looking like I know that I guess the Browns did a great job with theirs. But you know somebody's going to have an issue with you know the the white helmets and all that. It just seems like it's like nicknames. That's why there aren't any good nicknames any longer, because they've all been done. 
You just got to take this for what it's worth. And I know a lot of you love the classics. I dig the classics, too. But there is certainly a high-level marketing aspect involved in this to where they want to make some money out of it. But how in the world are you going to be, you know, I love it, what radio consultants call unique and organic with uniforms? And if you're the Colts, you don't have the option of going back like Tampa does with the creamsicles or like Seattle does with their originals, the Kingdom Active Wear. Uniform by Largent. You don't have that option to go back because the Colts play with their classics. I just don't know how you can, and I always use these these two terms, unique and organic, and kind of laugh about it in terms of radio and what you hear. But it just seems like everything has been done. Much like the usage of nicknames, everything has been done before. You tell me a recently great nickname, and it will be few and far between, and I mean by that the good ones compared to the bad ones. Just the way that it is. We've heard them all. We've seen them all. Everybody's out there trying to outdo somebody else. It's not like you just walked in and said, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and make these uniforms look like Duke. (laughs) They didn't try that. Look, that was best. JV, I wish the horseshoe on the helmet, on the alternative helmet in this case, was white. But I'm fine regardless. Wouldn't you guys agree, though? I mean, what what else is there to do with them? What else can you do? How much opportunity you're going to have? I mean, I guess you could throw some different colors in there and really trip the light fantastic. But then what you're going to do, you're really going to run the risk of having everybody and again universally have it hated that's exactly what you don't want so the debate continues we don't debate the significance of Jonathan Taylor any longer right I have now officially sold you on that Mike Chaplin and I talked about that a little bit earlier podcast 107.5 thefan.com Jeff Rabjohns and I discussion regarding IU football and IU basketball, which was necessary. Bob Kravitz's new spot and brand new content at Substack. Search Bob Kravitz, his latest, regarding his departure from The Athletic. James, great job from you. Tomorrow, back with you at 3. If the storms get in the area, be careful, be cautious. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at 3. Have a great night.